Welcome to the inner world of filmmaking. I'm your host, Tammy McGarrow. I'm a writer, director, editor, and a podcast producer. In this show, I will interview filmmakers in all facets of production and distribution. In this episode, we take a deep dive into the unplugged world of Nikki Marr, who is a TikTok content creator and influencer from Massachusetts and a mother of two. She has warmed our hearts with her mom bits and the infamous video with her son, I need help with the fucking jam that went viral in 2020 with now over 11 million likes. She has over 2 million followers on TikTok. Welcome, Nikki. So happy to have you on the show today. Thank you, Tammy. Thanks for having me. I love doing this stuff. Bring it on, baby. <laughs> All right. So I'm just so honored to have you. You made me laugh during COVID. I remember watching all your videos and going, who is this person? Where does she live? You know, all this stuff. Because what's so phenomenal about the pandemic is it's like the connection to somebody's world. You're in their home. You're seeing their environment. It's almost like a voyeur's heaven is to be able to look into somebody's world and and just uh, your kids and the comedy and just the way you go about yourself of just carefree and just like no bullshit. You just put it out there. I loved it. Thank you. Yeah, the, the carefree. Listen, if you're feeling like I'm carefree, there is a big side of me that's carefree. So I probably have TikTok to thank for bringing me back to like who I am naturally. Right. The pandemic. How can you be anyone else but who you are? And I think it's done that for a lot of us. Right. Good, bad or indifferent. Well, I think it uh, brings you back. Yeah, exactly. Because I think with this busy world and social media, we're always looking down, not up. It's um, it really kind of had to bring us back to ourselves, to who we really are. Absolutely. So when I was doing my research and I heard you on the podcast Life Unplugged, um, I just want to honor you and say what courage you had to leave your corporate job, file for divorce, and then to reinvent yourself on TikTok during the pandemic that would totally change your life. I mean, when life throws you lemons, you made lemonade. Well, lemoncello, yeah. One of them. Or lemoncello. One of them, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's always, it's funny you say it that way because it's always kind of been my thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, I think there are some of us who are eternal optimists and I don't know where that comes from. Listen, I don't know that any psychiatrist even knows where it comes from, whether it's like your childhood or your upbringing. My dad said to me when I was little, he's like, you just, you, you have something and none of us really like gave it to you. You just always had it. And I think that that's one of my things, right? Is like, I look at stuff and I could see many times the positive and many times the um the potential negative but i'm always putting one foot in front of the other because i do believe in like that we build our own world however yeah. we want to see it through you just got to keep on walking keep on moving so. right uh when you got on tiktok and you can tell us your story about getting on um you decided to do the alias nikki unplugged and maybe you could tell us a little bit about why yeah, I think I come from a different, it, it's through a different lens now that I speak. You know, if you asked me two years ago, it would pro probably would have been a different answer. Now, I feel like I'm looking at it like, what the heck happened? What the heck happened? And did I do everything right? And is this okay for my kids? Because now they're of school age. Like, the pandemic was like a pretend time in my life. It was like survival mode. I was 
going through a horrible divorce. My emotions were all over the place. I had a horrible year decision-making the prior year when it came to business. I had a business partner that left me high and dry, tens of thousands of dollars in my name of his debt. And I was just getting walked all over, right? So you see this, I've probably never said this publicly or even out loud at all, but I was getting walked all over in so many ways. And that's not like me. And I just felt like, why am I repeating these same patterns and letting these people make me feel this way? And then all of a sudden, I was on TikTok as an alias. And the only reason I did Nikki Unplugged was because I thought I had so many people ask me about the the platform. So many business owners are like, what's this TikTok thing? And Gary V, who's like uh-huh. the, the squawk box of you know social media platforms was like, why are you not on TikTok? And I'm like, watching one of his videos one day, like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing over there. So I just picked it up, started watching it, found some humor and thought, gosh, I see some of these creators. Like I've always been this funny. I've always been the friend that my high school friends thought I'd end up on like Saturday night live. So I just started being me as authentically me, not expecting anything, not knowing anything about the app. And just showing up the way you once got to when you were a kid. I showed up as a kid in me and and it people, I guess, liked it. And it's weird to talk about, but it's, I think the relatability factor is what so many people needed to see, especially like in the parenthood Mm -hmm. category, because Instagram was like perfection. Mm -hmm. Anybody who was making it on Instagram had like the perfect looking situation and all right. of a sudden, TikTok and pandemic were like, no, no, we're done. We're done with that. We're done with celebrities telling us how to do everything in life and how to act and how to dress. And all of a sudden, it was like these real people at home influencing. Yeah, in our pajamas. Yeah, <laughs> in the messy hair and just owning that shit. It's so right. beautiful. And then, I mean, how wonderful within the si- first six months, you have over a million followers. I mean, did you yeah. even see that coming? No. And I'll tell you, if if I could do it all over again, would I do it exactly the same way? I really am not sure that I would. Because I, when you go viral, you know, this is like a lot of people want to go viral. But when you go viral, it does a a lot of disservice to the algorithm, right? So people saw the jam video and were like, oh my God, this is hilarious. I want to watch this funny kid. I don't think people were coming on to watch the mom in the backward half. Mm-hmm. I think they were more like, oh my God, the kid with the glasses, right? So right. now what am I going to do? Put my son out there like some public figure? That's not what I envisioned for my kids or my family ever. So it's that type of stuff that I look back on and go, would I do that again? I don't think I would, but would I show up authentic and let other moms know that you're not alone and that we all have the same worries about how well we're doing? in our lives, in our own mental health checks and divorce and loss of, you know, a pregnancy and all of these very vulnerable things that I tend to put enough humor into and enough heart that it's a good blend for people. So why I say the million followers, it still, still irks me because I don't think that those followers were necessarily meant to see all of me and want all of me the way I want to bring all of me forward, if that makes sense. No, I totally get that. Um, it's hard to, once you are put yourself really out there and you get a lot of attention, you know, it's a mixed bag because one is 
who are who do they think they know you right. know and right. two is um a lot of times you get a lot of you can also get negativity with that too yeah. and hate and which is yeah. really sad how did your evolution come from when you started to now what do you think your tiktoks are about so I think before it was just funny home videos, right? It was like, oh my gosh, I captured that three years ago. That's hilarious. I'll put it up. And one was like my my husband at the time was clearing like water out of his ear in the pool. And my son had the little floaties and was telling us to watch him jump in the pool. And then he jumps in and his head goes under. And my daughter is screaming in my ear about she saw a honeybee. And she was like, what, two and a half? Mm -hmm. I saw a honeybee. And I just said, that's a perfect clip because that describes motherhood in like 15 seconds. Yeah. So I would just share things that were already kind of like in my phone or that were happening day to day. Now, two years later, um, I don't show as much of my kids. To be honest with you, it scares me now of school age, right? They're not mm -hmm. in a pandemic. They're around kids every day and teachers. And now it's at the point where the, the people in this town know me right. on social media. Yeah. And I show up at the soccer games and they're like looking at my Dunkin' cup. I'm like, there's no booze in this. Like I'm, yeah. you know, so there's, it, it becomes real when you're really out there. And my version of parenthood is not to be the silly, messy mom. I am 98% full of love and nurturing. Yeah. Right. And like, I'm all about my kids. And then the 2% of me is like hilarious. Right. So I think it's like a mixed bag. You get, you get judged when you're just trying to bring happiness out there. And most of the judgment is positive. Most people think I'm way oh, more good. fun than I am. That's good. That's good. Cause yeah. I've heard other people that don't get that love. So I but, do get the love. I think, cause I'm, I'm very honest and I've never tried to be anyone but myself. I think it comes with age comes with wisdom. It comes with loss and mm -hmm. it comes with, you know, I didn't have clients or anybody that I felt like, Oh gosh, if they see me on here, they're going to think I'm a lunatic. I didn't worry about anybody seeing my videos because yeah. I didn't think they would. So <laughs> just honesty, knowing who you are, you know? Yeah. Well, and I also think that sometimes you have to go through the trials and tribulations to find out who you are. I mean, I don't, and I don't, I just don't ever think you need to look back and regret because from all those experiences brings you to where you are. You wouldn't be totally. here if the, you didn't have those. So totally. My son, let me put it this way. He's, you know, he's go, goes to school. He was the little glasses kid who the reason the video was so funny is because he was the most introverted on mom's hip at all times kid. You couldn't even bring him to the beach without like sitting with him for a good amount of time before he felt like he could go run off. And the fact that he said that with such clarity and like perfect grammar was mm -hmm. hilarious because if you knew him, you're like, that's so funny. That is not him. Um, but now he's like the cool kid, like the fifth graders are, we're at the trunk or treat event and they're like, hey, giving him fist bumps. They think he's the coolest dude ever. So like somehow his confidence level <laughs> is different because of, you know, he's got the, the cool factor. So it's all kind of how you look at it. It's all, it's all relative. You got to take it with ease. Yeah. So what were you like? I, I just thought that was so funny. So the video people got to check out this video. Uh, so you know, you're sitting there about to say something. And then he, he he's in the background saying I need help with the fucking jam. And then you're kind of like, Oh, my God. And then he says it again. 
a little quieter. So what were you thinking in that moment when you were doing that? I was thinking, cut. And I don't know why, but I drafted it. So I didn't think of like posting it. I really, honest to God, I did not think of posting at the time. I was just like, okay, I want to get the next clip in. So I drafted it. And then I started recording again to get the right video with like me actually getting the question in. And then I went back and I was looking in my drafts a few weeks later and I'm like, this is hilarious. He's just got this little face and he thinks he's in trouble for yelling. Mm -hmm. So that's all. I didn't really think much of it. And then I posted it and I was like, whoa, this thing is taking off. This is crazy. It was million. It was over a million by the first few out, like the first night by overnight. I was like, what is happening? And celebs were commenting on it. And I was like, this is wild, wild. Yeah. And how was it when other people started using that video's audio in their videos? Was that like, kind of like, whoa, this is weird. It was funny. I got a kick out of watching those, like how people interpreted, you know, some people were like, got the sandal out to like spank the kid or the belt out. And I was like, oh God, no, I would, that's, come on. Can we see more of the innocence in this? And then other people just thought, thank God the why it went the way it did was like, thank God I'm not alone. Like really yeah. deep down subconsciously is like our kids say and do things that are not, you know, whether they're fresh or inappropriate, like no one's perfect. Yeah. So I think that that is what that video is an example of is like imperfect moments don't mean that you're an imperfect family. It was right. just a moment. It was innocent. And we cannot be so judgmental of each other or of ourselves. We're all trying our best. And, you know, for me, why I was comfortable with the the negative was because I'm like, I don't have to prove to anybody the type of mom that I am. I know exactly who I am. I know exactly who my kids are being raised by. I know exactly how I was raised. We all turns out great. You know, like my mom swears. No big deal. We're Italian. We're from Massachusetts. It's kind of how we roll. It's our love language. Well, and I think that that's so cool. Like you are such a cool mom, like that people would want to have because, you know, um, I think this, I mean, to say don't cuss, it's kind of like, well, we all cuss. And especially when you go to school and the other kids are cussing, it's like, we have to kind of normalize. I mean, what are we doing when we cuss ourselves and then we're, we're telling our kids not to cuss. It just seems like a contradiction. Right. And what you, what you want to do in your home is entirely up to you. And the fact that my kids, from what I know, would not be out at school talking like that in front of their teachers. Like they just, they know. And if they were, I'd have a real problem with it. And I would have never posted it if it were a concern, you know? So it's like, everybody should be able to raise their kids the way they want to and the way they feel is most authentic to them. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about the, you know, the good parent movement out here. Um, (laughs) And if my kids are treating others with kindness and, you know, they're, they're presenting themselves well at school and they're, they're kind people. And I've done most of my job. That's great. Yeah. Well, I like that. You're a a model to us all, you know, just on how to just be your authentic self. Yeah. Um, So I, you had mentioned that this is now a full-time job. Well, when did this come? Yeah. So we're hopefully trending that way. I'll be honest with you. It scares me to go all in without having my other stuff going on because Mm -hmm. it's, um, So there's two sides to this. There's 
one side, we live in a creator economy. You're crazy to not go all in while the, you know, while we're here. Strike while mm -hmm. the iron is hot. Right. But I'm 45. This is very new terrain for me. It scares me not only for myself, but also the 18, 19, 20, 26 year olds who are doing this full time. Yeah. Because what's like, what's the retirement plan? What's the long term? We don't know. None of us know what these platforms will be in a year, five years, 10 years. So I'm trying to build a business model that supports me to strike while the iron is hot while also having my consulting business and growing there. So yeah. it's a nice combo deal because, you know, I, I, I'm done working for the big corporate person. Right. It just doesn't fit my current day needs. It hasn't served me well. So uh, what's the consulting business? Do you want to tell our listeners? So I, I consult for brands, mostly founders and thought leaders who have a brand problem that they want to solve. I do a lot of um, my expertise really is in social impact, CSR, mm -hmm. so corporate social mm -hmm. responsibility, all the feel good stuff mm -hmm. that yeah. goes external. And then I also make sure when I do it, I'm striking on the internal culture of the brand because mm -hmm. you can't say you're doing all these wonderful things externally without taking care of your people. Right. So that's kind of my, my superpower is I'm a people advocate in business. Mm -hmm. So I come in and I help brands solve some of those, not even problems, but get them stepping forward in what they say they want to do and actually doing it, putting in place to do it. So I do a little of that. That's great. I mean, are some of your clients uh, Trader Joe's and Dunkin' Donuts? Or No, no. These are all like behind, kind of behind the scenes, more of my like LinkedIn side of life. Okay, great. My brand deals for my own audience that's the influencer side of things. And then I consult some hours of my week on the, the business consulting side. So could you just let us know that as a content creator, how does that happen? And in, in, in your own words for yourself, um, did you get approached by Dunkin' Donuts and Trader Joe's or did you approach them and say, hey, I love your product. Let's do this. So uh, here's my, my number one tip is just, I was producing content that I was living every day. Mm -hmm. And I was a competitor girl to Duncan before the pandemic. And then guess what? My closest competitor was in a Target a few miles away from my house. And I wasn't going into Target with two kids during the pandemic. So I was like, all right, good. Let's go down to Duncan. Let's see what's up there. And um, they had changed their like latte machines and they had gotten oat milk and they had really like advanced and been innovative mm -hmm. at a time that I really didn't pay attention to them. And that became the norm. So all of a sudden I was posting all the pandemic with, I had my Duncan cup in hand and I had my Duncan, you know, the kids like the hash browns and Duncan took notice. And eventually they came to me. Trader Joe's has never, never, they don't have, they, they just, I don't think Trader Joe's does influencer marketing. Mm -hmm. There are some people that are doing major accounts for Trader Joe's halls that don't get paid by Trader Joe's. Mm -hmm. Trader Joe's has a different marketing um, model. Yeah. So yeah, the brands approach you. I had done a, um, how I said I was like, a, just not a good hair person. I like haven't had nice hair in a long time. And I was saying it out loud and I was talking about, you know, how much I've spent on salon products over the years. And I still don't get compliments on my hair. And all of a sudden Pantene hit me up, sent me a goodie box. I tried it. And I was like, whoa, my hair actually, I didn't even blow dry it. It just, and all of a sudden I have a wave to my hair. What's happening? 
And then I, I reached back to them. I said, I actually, the product is like crazy good. It's like a miracle repair. Yeah. And they gave me a brand deal. So it's like, just, I put myself out there as to who I am and what I'm using. Yeah. And then it kind of like trickles back. Yeah. I love it. Um, so how many videos do you post a day? Can you tell me your process for filming? I mean, do you write everything down? You batch it? What do you do? No, I've hired a virtual assistant. And if we had her on this call, she'd be like, Nikki barely does what I put on her schedule to do. Because <laughs> I am not a person that can look in the morning and be like, I'm inspired to do that concept that I was thinking of. So she, we've, we've adjusted our like our the way we lay the week out. I don't have, a, I wish I could say I had a rhyme or reason. This would not work for everyone. But my my talent is I pick up my phone when I'm feeling like there's something that I want to say, as if I were saying it to a friend or someone else in the room or one of my girlfriends on things that I notice. And I just do it in the moment. Okay. And the hardest ones for me sometimes are when I get a brand um, that has a creative brief with specifics. I always kind of go back and say, Oh, I'm not really good at this. Can we maybe adjust here? Cause I think my audience will know that it's scripted, Yeah. you know? So yeah, I'm like an in the moment. I think the ADHD helps. Mm -hmm. It just helps me go fire things off. And usually absolutely on the first take is like, that's the one that works. Yeah. Well, that's great. Um, and so you don't edit it at all or do you? I, um, I've switched around on how I do it. For some reason, there's a weird psychology thing. I cannot talk to a video camera or my phone unless it is running with the little clock thing running. Uh -huh. And it's, and I could see myself. I can't turn the camera around uh -huh. and not see that there's some time thing going. It's very weird. Wow. It's very bizarre. So that's, so I will film in, typically I'll film it in TikTok. Mm -hmm. I'll edit it in TikTok. Okay. I will post it in TikTok and then I'll go to SnapTik uh -huh. and I'll remove the watermark and then I'll post it on other channels. That's like new. That's in the past few weeks. Okay. So you, like a, you're a time saver. You're doing everything. You don't have somebody else helping you out there. No. And then um, no. typically how many videos do you tend to record a day? And you're posting every day? I don't. I'm mostly posting every day. I went on a little bit of a, went on like a one week break somewhat recently and it felt really good. I was just like, my head was like, I can't take any more content. I'm getting like annoyed with everybody mm -hmm. and it's not their fault. It's mine. Mm -hmm. I'm overstimulated. So I'll take breaks when I need. And honestly, if I don't feel like doing it, I won't. Mm -hmm. There's probably, there's a video I posted yesterday on Instagram. I should have just put it up on the other platforms because it was the right timing for it. I just didn't feel like it. Mm -hmm. So I put my phone down and I was like, let's get in cuddle mode, kids. Like, I don't want to be on my phone all the time. Right. Yeah. So that's just, I do what I want, when I want, how I want. And isn't that the dream? Yes. Yeah, it is. Do, are you like constantly, I mean, do you have to kind of like look on TikTok and look at the trends and do all those kind of things as well, in addition to <laughs> doing your own videos? Yes. Trends don't work that well for me. Okay. I, I don't know why. I think um, the algorithm's gotten used to where the stuff that works best for me is almost like when my voice is there mm -hmm. versus like a lip sync or sound over it. So I do look not for trends. I look for things that inspire me, things that I, or, or just humor. 
And I'll, I'll hear somebody, let's just say I hear a co-parenting coach talk about something that really I feel. Sometimes it will spark something out of me that I want to say about the topic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's more for inspo versus like, um, oh, I have to do that trend. Right. Well, probably that's what works. I mean, obviously that's what works for you. So you got to do what works for you and people want to, but isn't that kind of cool that people want to hear you? They don't care about all the other stuff. They just want to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I don't, I don't always, I like, I'll be honest with you. It looks like from my following and my engagement, I'm, here I am back to the, um, you know, high school kid who wants to become the college recruit and all American. I can't sometimes help, but look at other people who are really doing extremely well and not go, wow, why have they grown? Like, crazy amounts and I feel stuck mm-hmm. here. You you hear somebody with 2 million followers say that and you're like, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> right. But that's just my own drive. I'm like, what can I do better? Like, what do I, what are people looking to me for? I don't always know the answer to that. Uh-huh. I'm always searching for like, what is my North star? Because there's a bit of a variety show thing going on. There's a bit of like all over the place. So I have to just remember, like, that's me. I am a variety show. Right. Yeah. I am not one flavor. I go into the ice cream shop and I get a different flavor every damn time. So I have to just remember that that's okay and not compare myself to others. Yeah, it's always hard. And I think it's relative. You know, you're always, it's, you know, somebody that makes certain amount is going to want this, but somebody who's up here is going to want that. So it doesn't, you know, it's always, I think it's just, you have to kind of check yourself sometimes to go, okay, I can only be me. I can't be them. I Right. Absolutely. That's the biggest tip I'd have for anybody trying to do content is like, yeah. Yeah. Um, So do you read all your comments? I, so I am definitely best on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I spend most of my time there. It just feels more intimate to me. Mm-hmm. TikTok, most people are looking for the one-offs, right? Like I, I'm finding that the algorithm is like, they'll see a really funny video of yours and they might not follow you. They might just want those one-off trending viral videos, right? right? Yep. That's kind of like what your for you page is. And I find that Instagram, if you're going to follow someone, it's because you really want to see more of them um, because the stories pop up and that gives you a real true behind the scenes Um, so I do spend more time and I try to read every single one of my DMS and I absolutely scan the comments and I don't respond to all the comments, but I see them. Ah, yeah. That was the biggest question I had to another TikToker. I was asking like, you know, do, or or maybe I should ask you the question this, um, do you enjoy the comments? Yes. And would encourage people to comment? Yes. Yeah, especially if they, they especially if they love your com- content yeah. and they want to see more of it. That's, you know, it's kind of what the algorithm does. The more comments, the more likes, the more watch time, it, it goes in the favor of the creator. Yeah. You know, I think we live in a world where, you know, we have to understand that a creator, I know there are some people I'll see once in a while, not on my page, but on other creators where people will be like, oh, you're doing ads now. I see you sold out. And I'm like, do they understand that that's a brand's now billboard? Like that's something you've earned. You've built an audience that once they pay thousands of dollars to have a billboard on route I-95, but now marketers want to be in front of your audience. So it's like the ads that used to be on TV 
now a lot of brands are placing them with influencers. I think it's beautiful. It's allowed some people to to up their economy. Don't we want like economic development Mm -hmm. in people's homes? Yeah. So I think of it that way. Do you ever think that brands, um, when they're asking an influencer like yourself to uh, promote their product, um, that like you said earlier, you were talking about how, look, I'm spontaneous, right? I don't want to read off of a script. I don't want to hit the main points that maybe they need to rethink that when they're asking influencers to have their own voice? Yeah, I I think more and more are. And I think it's a matter of the influencer being able to pitch the reasoning. You know, some of my favorite influencers, I'll just tell you. So um, Zachariah Porter, he's one of my favorite influencers. He's He's from near me. Fun fact, I tried to pluck him during COVID 2020 very early on. And I said, can we create a show together and do like a podcast slash Nikki and Zachariah go and try different businesses and different experiences together? Cause I just knew he was going to be big and I loved his energy and I felt like we were a good fit for each other. So why I tell you that is he's brilliant when it comes to the way he does his brand campaigns and he's very selective and he, um, he makes sure that it's done his way and he's unapologetic about saying, Hey, here's what works for my audience. Here's why it works. Here's proof that it works. And he'll show the data and the analytics, Mm -hmm. right? Of what worked and why it worked. And I think that brands, if they are open-minded, they're going to get a lot more bang for their buck. I think as a brand consultant, brand advisor, that's my first superpower is influencer knows their audience way better than you're ever going to know their audience. And is it just about selling product in that exact moment with the link and the code, mm-hmm. or is it brand awareness? Because they're seeing a piece of luggage and a brand of luggage that they've never heard of before from Zachariah. It doesn't mean they're going on their trip tomorrow and that they're going to buy it today. But when they are going on their trip, are, is it recognizable and they're seeing it again on repeat? And then, yeah, they're buying the damn products. Like we're all about the ROI and I understand PL and I understand ROI and I understand the big guys in the office going, well, how is this going to translate to sales? Right some of the best brands out there have done the brand awareness till it's coming out of their neck. Right. And then they grow fast and furious. So, I mean, I worked for a brand that went from under a million dollars my first year to over $500 million within my first four years there. And guess what we did? We took ballsy moves and put ourselves out there without anyone even knowing what the product was. Mm -hmm. It was like our name was on the radio. Our name was up in lights at, um, you know, the, the Boston Garden. Our name was on billboards. And people were like, who is that? What's that brand? And then all of a sudden, we were the fastest growing jewelry retail brand in all of, like, the history of jewelry. Uh-huh. And it was brand awareness. But no one, was, no one will say that now. They'll just talk about all the things that went right and went wrong. I'll tell you, I was there as, like, t- first six employees. It was, we had a CEO who spent a ton of money on brand awareness Yeah. without expectation on like getting anything in return and it worked. So I'm sticking to well, that. Well, and I think that that's so important because um, as I, you know, been taught, um, it takes, you know, two to three years just to build awareness to yourself. Um, you can't expect something overnight. And I think we're in a world of connection. Nobody wants to buy something from somebody they don't know or they don't like or don't connect to. So I think 
we have to rethink the way we're selling things like just like you said is you have to sell sometimes the person or the company in a more i don't know personal way i think now it's funny because i'm feeling like uh you know personal and business are starting to mesh together now so uh, before yeah. it'd be like, no, 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 that's business. We don't talk about ourselves. But now it's like, no, you have to talk about yourself so that people can connect to you and to connect to yes. your product over time. Yeah. Well, most most brands, let's just use, I agree, and let's just use beauty products. Mm-hmm. Most of, I haven't taken on one beauty product because most of what they say is this, when you do your ad, and I understand why, when you do your ad, you will not show any other products in it. That's hard for me to be authentic to my audience because I have my favorite cleanser, favorite moisturizer for night. I have my favorite moisturizer for day. I have my favorite sunscreen. I want to be authentic. So I choose to not make money on products like that because I only know my audience is going to understand if I'm saying these are my favorites. They're from all different product lines. Right. You know, but then you see the influencers like, here's my entire routine from Clinique. And it's like, ugh, nobody does that. I know. it kind of. So it's just, can we get more vulnerable and like more like supportive, like collaborative versus like the competitive? You know, I think, I think brands would do better. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I've seen, you know, on TikTok when I know that they're selling something and it, 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 it's not as, not as good, the video. Because yeah. now I feel like, yeah. oh, I'm getting an ad. I'm not getting the funny you. So yep. I think brands need to kind of think about that. Um, yeah, I think I think we are the best. Some of us influencers are like the best creative directors. Like the day of the creative agency. And I've worked with some creative agencies that are amazing. I was with Royal Caribbean who like we rolled out these mega ships. And our brand agency, not our internal marketing team, our brand agency develop the entire campaign and the message delivered. You have to look at like true content creators are creative directors right. of their own world. And I, it's wild because working in corporate, the biggest thing that I always saw missing was the connection between the true like C-suite and the creative team. There was no, like, I think you need to bring in your creative director art director, they need to be part of like the C-suite. There's such a disconnect there. I see that as such an opportunity for brands and businesses Mm -hmm. rather than we want this, we need these numbers. And then like this person's supposed to solve it without being in those meetings and understanding like the big picture. Yeah. This game of telephone and business, that's probably why I'm not there. Yeah. Because I I need to see all sides. Yeah. I like that because that gives you perspective. And I think that sometimes people are shallow focused um, on just, like you said, ROI, you know, sell, 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 sell. It's not about really the connection. I was just thinking that, you know, I, I wish more, um, brands would think like a movie and make characters and you build stories. So every commercial, I know that would probably be a lot of money, but it'd be like, I, I remember back in the day, it was like a coffee commercial that felt like a show. And I was just like, oh my God, this is different where you're not really selling the product but you're selling the story within the product. And I just found yes. like, that's the cleverness because then it's like, Hey, I can't wait till I see the next episode of that. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I love that. I think it's, um, so for what you do and what you're really all about, like I will tell you from a business and an influencer 
I still don't like that word, but I'm going to go with it. From knowing both sides of the coin, there is such an opportunity for video creators, like true editors, right? Like true storytellers to tap into the people like me because I don't know what I'm doing. My brother lives in LA. He's like, Nikki, you're in Southeastern Massachusetts. You're around nobody that knows what they're doing in this arena. He's like, if you were in LA, you would be mega right now because you'd have an editor and then you'd have a manager and all those things. So I think there's such a creator economy. There's such an opportunity for people's artistic talents Mm -hmm. to join forces with someone like me and really grow to the next level. Yeah. Same with virtual assistants. I'm telling my VA, I'm like, you should build a virtual assistant career for supporting creators because none of us are organized. Mm -hmm. We're all creative spirits who don't want to do our taxes Mm -hmm. and don't want to do the bookkeeping and like all that. So if you look at us as like business and what are all the supporting elements of it, there's total opportunity there. Yeah, I totally agree. Everybody wants to be a creator. What about like all the the stuff that goes right and helping the creator to be more creative without having to do the work, you know, in that right realm. Yeah, yeah I I was um back, you know, during COVID, I was following some people and I thought, you know, it's so cool these 1 minute you know, that turns into, you know, two hours, like a movie. And I thought, oh, wouldn't that be funny if you just, and I did this, I downloaded somebody's TikToks and then I made it a movie. So it just would play. And I thought, wow, this is so cool. This could be a total movie. Like you're only getting moments, but you're building the story of this person as you're getting to know them. I mean, ups and downs, you know, because some days are not as up as other days. Right. So, right. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And then there's YouTube, right? Everybody's talking about YouTube, YouTube shorts, YouTube long. They're, they're going to roll out a bonus program for creators on YouTube. So now, right now is the day for video talent. Yes. Video editing. Yes. Video storytelling majorly. Nikki, why don't you share to our audience? um, You know, if somebody wanted to be a content creator, uh, what would be your suggestions to coming into the world? What do they need to think about and do? And then also um, when it comes time to if their channel does grow and they're having people kind of um, poach them to to sell their brands, uh, what what advice would you give them? I would say you've got to do the personal work first. So... I guess there's two sides. Are you showing up as a thought leader in something that you're truly an expert in, right? Through life, through career. Are you truly an expert? You know, it's like a weird word, but are you really, do you really know what you're talking about? And can you deliver the message? Because there's people that want to speak and want to show things, but they just don't have the skill set to do it. Mm -hmm. So I would say you've got it. You've got to do the work. And, you know, I'm the first, if my daughter today was 15 and said, mom, I want to be a content creator. I'd say, all right, well, what are you doing to prepare? What are you doing to get good at it? It's like being an athlete. Like I want to go to the NFL, dad. What are you doing to prepare? What are you doing? What are you good at? What do we have to focus on that you're not good at? And I would just say, put it, put a business plan together for yourself and start practicing and start looking at what's working for people and whatnot. And you just have to have a real straight, um, 
glimpse into reality. Like some people are just not Mm self-aware and they're like, I'm doing all the stuff that this YouTube guy said I should do. I'm posting five times a day on every platform. Well, if your content sucks, yeah. Sorry to say, you're just you're not going to get it going. And sometimes, unfortunately, your content might be good. You just didn't get in at the right exact time. So you've got to just work harder and longer and just be patient. And I don't know how patient a lot of people would be with this. So I know I just threw around a bunch of different messages, but it's like, if you really want to do it, how committed to it are you? And what's the plan? Like, what's the work you're willing to put in? That's the biggest thing. And it does take time, What do you stand for? Yeah. Some people, listen, there's some people like me, this isn't the norm. This is not the norm. It's, um, I got in during COVID. So anybody who missed that big TikTok moment on COVID, probably not going to happen for you right now, unless you're really good at what you do, unless you could find something that people are paying attention to. And all of a sudden they like it, they commented on it. And then you show up again on their for you page. And they're like, Hey, I remember that person. And I like this second thing that they're saying. So now I'm going to follow. And I think a lot of us don't know what we're bringing on. Like co-parenting is a big thing that I follow now. And I think, wow, the divorce rate is crazy high. Mm -hmm. How are there not more people talking about co-parenting? That's a niche that people like if I wanted to go full in, I could kill it in co-parenting. Right. Because it's the world I'm living in. And it's such a wide open possibility. If you're a bakery in the middle of Utah and you don't ship outside of Utah, then you've got to understand like your main goal is to get people into your door and Utah business. So how are you going to do that? That's different from what I do. Mm -hmm. So it's like, are you regional? Are you national? Are you global? What's your message? What are you trying to do? You're just spreading love and light. Great. There's an opportunity for that. So I would say you just got to have your plan and maybe meet somebody and ask questions. Listen, There are creators who I have asked questions to that I never thought would respond to me. Mm -hmm. And some of them respond with great tips and some of them don't. So I'd also say reach out to people and ask questions. Yeah, and follow other people I just gave you probably like 20 different... No, no, I think that... I probably gave you 20 different answers. No, I think that that's all good because I was thinking, you know, myself as, you know, you gotta, you gotta be persistent. Um, You have to be consistent um, and then you also need to follow and connect with others as well. It can't just be about yourself and you'll learn from others as well. You know? Yeah. It's a learning. You almost like if it's your, if you just thought of it as like, this is my daily journal and I don't care about views. Cause you know, if I have five people in the room, did it help any of them? Like, I know that sounds cliche, but just do what makes you happy. Create the content that you want to put out there. So for me, I'm I'm going to try to put together this series of IG lives or podcast style video mm-hmm. of conversations that I want to have for myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to record them. And I figure if I want to have these conversations and ask these questions, then maybe other people will want that too. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm done trying to invent this, like, what's the name of the podcast? What's the name of the law? And because all my topics are different, I'm just going to have different things that come up and I'm just going to do what helps me be a better mom, co-parent, creator, all the things that I am. I'm just going to start bringing people on that journey with me. So others can do that same thing. Yeah. I, just like you said, they have to find their niche. They have to find what they're passionate about because if you're not passionate about whatever you're speaking, you're not, it's not going to, it's going to be short lived. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. 
absolutely. And and yeah. then and have thick, you got to have some thick skin too. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I was also wondering how should they approach brands that then come to them if they do get the numbers and then people start approaching. What would your advice be to them? I would say for the smaller guys, everybody's talking right now or was weeks ago, you know how everything changes in digital, but user generated content. So for example, there, I would, if I went back in time and knew what I know now, I would reach out to brands that were smaller, solopreneur kind of like brands. And I would reach in that maybe had a few thousand followers. And I'd probably ask them if they'd send me a product and I would create a video for it, or I would just damn buy the product create a video for it and ask them in their DMs if they wanted to use the video. And I'd come up with a system for maybe like what I would charge for posting it on my own channel and what they could use it for. Right. It could be said, it could be a kid, a college kid who's like got a decent audience Mm -hmm. and uses this product and is willing to share it. And maybe, Maybe it makes 150 bucks so he could fill his gas tank up. Right. So there's small ways and like, you got to look at what's in it for the brand, what's in it for you and see if it makes sense from a business perspective. Yeah, I like that. And you know, what I love about the DM is, and, and just social media is you get to reach out to people like yourself um, that you would never run into in the street because you don't live there. Right. Or your rules right. don't cross. So I just think the opportunity to connect with people that you admire is really uh, wonderful, and that yes. you know you can do that. Um, I was also thinking that you know sometimes we think uh, quality of the video and then you know those fast things, uh, fast cutting and all that stuff. Um, but it doesn't seem like that's necessarily what you need to do to be popular. No, it's not. And there, there are some creators that are so good at that. So good at that. It's just not, that's not what I'm good at. So I just have to stick to what works for me. Right. Until, unless I get an editor. And I think what's great is if we all look the same and our videos all look the same, it wouldn't be as exciting to scroll. There's something about scrolling. You get all different types. You get the breaks, you get the quiet ones, you get the loud one. Like there's a kind of, flow to it when you're watching multiple kinds of video. Right. And I guess it just comes down to, you just got to be you. You got to be your own style. Yeah, you got to be interesting. Yeah. Interesting (laughs) in some way. Yeah. Hopefully being you is interesting. (laughs) The last question I had was really, where is the line to what you share and what do you not share? And I know that, you know, you, you, you started with having your kids in them. Now you've kind of moved them. I know you have a boyfriend. Yeah. I've never seen him. So um, is that a choice of yours? Like, no, or he doesn't want to be in it or they don't want to be in it. Like, give us some thoughts. It's, it's truthfully like most high level answer out of respect for his kids. Mm-hmm. Um, because they don't, why, why should they have their da- dad up? I, I just, they're, they're 12. Mm-hmm. They're in like the prime of like figuring out who they are. So I just have a lot of respect and that's a, that's a relationship. Like any kid that comes from divorce doesn't want to see their dad and his girlfriend. I'm assuming they've never said this. No one, he has never said this. I'm assuming it's just a respect thing. 
I also put my mom on sometimes because she's funny and out there like me. And then I don't put my dad because he's not. <laughs> so it's just a matter of like really knowing your people. I also, there's plenty of times I could be hilarious out in public and post people in public doing silly things or looking at anything that could potentially hurt feelings. Yeah. I try to not do. Yeah. And um, I do a lot of stitches where I'm always worried. I'm like, there will be someone who decorates their porch perfectly for Christmas. And it's beautiful. And I want to be their friend. And I follow them. And what I typically do is like right when I do my stitch, which is me making fun of myself and like how I have, you know, the other day I took off my Halloween ghost. Mm -hmm. So it was a stitch, which means I interrupted their video of their perfect holiday Christmas porch. And I interrupted it. And it was me taking my ghost off of my front door (laughs) and putting it down. But I always let that person know I'm not making fun of you. You're rocking it. I'm just making fun of myself. Right. And there's a whole other audience that's like, oh, God, all right, thank God I don't have to keep up. That's not me. That's not my superpower. I'm also throwing nasty pumpkins away right now that are still on my porch, you know? So I want to make sure I don't hurt feelings Mm -hmm. because all I'm trying to do is just bring lighthearted stuff to people in a world that like needs it. You know, we need more lighthearted. Definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. This was great. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. I encourage you to get out there and make a film. Reach out to your local filmmakers group to get involved and connect. Please subscribe to the show if you like it and follow me on Instagram at Tammy Madero. Until we meet again, what's your story?